to be who you are, be human, and not to hide your personal life. And I think when you are honest about who you are, people embrace it and embrace you and understand you. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Leumitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Opus Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Today we're talking to Miriam Mark about sales, marketing, and revenue. Meet Miriam, the CRO of Compete, a company revolutionizing the world of HR tech. Prior to that, as an executive member of the core sales teams at WeWork, she was instrumental in building their global sales organization from acquisition to retention and growth. Miriam began her career at Shopping.com, an online comparison shopping company which was acquired by eBay. Prior to her current position, she led sales at Farmigo, an online farmer's market with a mission to transform and accelerate global adoption of an alternative food system. Before entering the business world, Miriam was an educator and that passion drives the training of her teams in all her positions. Miriam lives with her husband, Ari, and their four children ages 7 to 16 in Los Angeles, California. Miriam Mark, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders from Los Angeles. Thank you so much for joining me here. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. We have uh, way too many things to talk about uh, in these 20 minutes, Miriam. Uh, fascinating, incredible background, all the way from sales associated shopping to, to continuing your, your sales and specifically enterprise journey, uh, being one of the core members, core founding members of, of the WeWork Enterprise sales team and growing the company with Far- Farmigo in between also and uh, an advisor to some fantastic companies like Milio and Showfields, uh, two companies that I hold very dear to my heart, vice president of sales at Ramp and most recently the chief revenue officer of Compete, also a company that, that is doing incredible things for the world and for the workplace in general. Miriam, thank you so much for, for coming here. And, and I have to start off with, with the simple question of, was this all planned? Where, you know, how, how do you find yourself in a position where you're spending meaningful time at such incredible companies in hyper-growth stages? When I was in college, I interned at Shopping.com, which at the time was not called Shopping.com, it was called Deal Time. And I worked there a bunch of semesters, and afterwards they hired me full-time to be a sales associate, which was an entry-level position. And I will never forget, on my first day, I got on a call with what was a, a watch company in Florida. And it was a CPC sale, and I closed the deal on the first call, and I was bitten by the sales bug. It was the most euphoric feeling to close a sales deal. And that was it for me, except... So I did that for about a year and a half. And then my husband looked at me. We were living in New York at the time, newly married. And he looks at me and he says, what do you think about living in Los Angeles? And I said, I don't think about it at all, actually, because I wanted to move to Israel. And the next thing I know, I'm on a plane moving to Los Angeles with tears in my eyes thinking, how has this happened to me? And at the time, I was thinking, well, what will I do now? I mean, obviously, I love selling, but... I, my heart is in Israel and my family is in Israel and I really want to do something that'll make it easy to go to Israel all the time. 
And so I became a teacher, actually. And I uh, taught middle school girls Judaic studies because I thought, oh, summer vacation, I can go to Israel and all the Jewish holidays, I can go to Israel. And I did it. And I actually was pretty good at it. I connected with the kids and I enjoyed the curriculum. And about five years in, I kind of looked at myself and said, what are you doing? This is not your passion. And when you're not doing it as a passion, you're cheating the kids. So I left and went back into sales and I remembered my true passion was really in sales and business. And that's kind of how I got back into it. And, and interestingly, um, when I look back now, and this was, again, not the real plan, it lent itself very well because when you need to train sales teams and um, you need to build a curriculum really around sales training, having done that lent itself actually quite well to my story, but it was not my plan. Incredible. What, what is sales? to you. You mentioned that euphoric feeling of closing that first sale, but if you're looking now, you know, looking back at the different organizations you've been a part of and you've seen both the the sale itself, but you've also seen a, an organizational sale, what what is it in essence? It's an amazing question, and it's one that I ask every single person I interview for any sales job. And okay, everybody, this is it. One word. This is it. This is the key uh, to whether or not you should hire someone. There's <laughs> one word I look for in that answer, and it's listening. It's listening ah. to your customer. To me, that's what sales is. Because if you don't listen to their needs, you can't sell them anything. And if you don't deeply understand, it's called active listening, what somebody is looking for or their pain points, you can't sell them anything. Um, so to me, that's what sales is. Just listening to people. Okay, so so listening, active listening, looking at your at your career now, what I would really love is to sort of find some meaningful milestones for you in your journey. And now as you're the chief revenue officer of Compete, sort of looking back at, at this journey, what, what are some things that you've learned about either enterprise sales or growing sales organizations that weren't trivial to you before that young entrepreneurs like myself can learn from? For me, so I think it's different for everyone. And I think some people find a mentor and that person just takes them along and helps them figure it out. That was not my story. For me, it was, um, I had I had the benefit of knowing people who helped me kind of find this job or that job and get my foot in the door. Um, a lot of it was grit. I had a lot of grit and I... Um, would kind of figure myself out in an organization. So in every organization, there was a moment where I, so at Farmigo, I was just like a lone salesperson. And then there was a pivot in the company and I showed that I could build a sales team and I was good at it. And so I did it. And then there was the moment where um, I'm very loyal. It's just a personality trait and I could have stayed there forever, but there was that moment when we were came up and I had the opportunity to move. And then I, I showed myself and I'm, I'm, I'm talented at sales and I, um, I hit milestones along the way. And because I was, um, able to hire people or, or able to, um, make inroads for myself, I think, I think for me, the milestones came because I, I put the stakes in the ground. 
I did things. Um, and, and I almost made my own milestones. And I don't know if that answers your question or not. Um, but I think a lot of it is, um, in just doing and making waves yourself and not relying in, on other people. And that is the advice I would give people. But you're looking at, looking at, you know, your, your milestone making and, and creating this waves for yourself and obviously learning by doing, proving your value and, and then, you know, doing so obviously, you know, looking at your trajectory, it's uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. How does that process work for you? You're sitting down and you're saying now, either as a sales associate or as at a hyper growth company, how do you even know what milestones to set and where to aim yourself so that you're both satisfied, but also not upset that you didn't necessarily reach those uncompromising milestones that you set for yourself? That's a really hard question to answer. Um, I think you have to aim high. So you set the milestone, you aim higher than what you, where you want to land. Mm, so for like me, flying. I always aimed higher and it doesn't mean I wasn't disappointed if I didn't get to what I aimed for, but at least I landed someplace that I could be proud of. Right. Right. Miriam, what, where's the fun in, in your, in your work? I'm looking at, you know, sales associates and maybe it's because I watched too much of The Office, even though it, it was obvious that they had a lot of fun selling paper. It's my son's favorite show. <laughs> He's watched it like six times. He has a fantastic taste. Where is, what, what, is, the, what, are, what is the fun moment beyond just the, the closing the sale, especially in the building a sales organization? What, what's going on there? I love building high functioning sales organizations. I love hiring people. I love mentoring people. I love watching people get to the next level. And for everyone, that level is something different. Somebody might want to be an individual contributor forever. And somebody might want to become a manager and then a director and maybe a CRO. I mean, I'd love nothing more than to see someone take my job. Um, but I love helping people reach their goals. I love building infrastructure. It's funny. I just got off a call with someone and she told me where she used to work. Infrastructure was a dirty word. But to me, if you don't put infrastructure in place, everything falls apart. I love doing that. Um, I'm at Compete now and I'm having the best time just putting everything in place. Um, I love working with great people. I love nothing more than that. I want to go to work every day where I work with amazing people. And it's actually why I chose Compete because I'm working with amazing people. I, I love it. And uh, they really are amazing people. Uh, and advice for me now as a young entrepreneur and for all the other young entrepreneurs, you know, running, running our companies, how, do, how should we, as, we are salespeople inherently selling our vision and continuously, but, but as we're transitioning to build a sales function, within our organizations. What are some things that I, as a young entrepreneur, perhaps am oblivious to, or maybe am taking for granted that you understand now is, is much more meaningful than what I can anticipate? I just gave this advice to a friend who's founded a business. Hire a great sales leader. Mm -hmm. Don't think that you can sell your product yourself. Mm-hmm because you can't do everything if you're the CEO. You need to put a team in place. 
I think that that's sometimes a mistake CEOs make. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one piece of advice. Also, everyone's a salesperson in the organization. Everyone should always be selling. Your engineers are salespeople. Your data people are salespeople. Everyone's a salesperson. And everyone should always be thinking about the customer in every role. Customer is number one. Customer customer number one. Well, I'm definitely, and I'm still thinking back to, to the active listening portion as to what what, it, what is sales in general. But Miriam, right, right before we started uh, talking here with, with the big red recording flashing, you mentioned that, that you know, part of the journey also, which is non-trivial here, that, that should also not be, definitely not be taken for granted, is also the, the personal journey that is accompanying the, the professional one. And in, in our world, they're always intertwining. And, and it's been a topic of discussion in recent years, uh, but, but definitely not enough. Tell me a little bit about yourself as a mother running these organizations. I can't imagine as you're with WeWork and you're in this hyper growth stage or today with Compete and one of the top companies coming out of Israel today, it can't be easy, you know, managing personal and professional life at the same time. I'm a mom. I have four children. My oldest son has special needs. It's a a big part of what defines me. Um, I have always been 100% comfortable talking about my family, talking about my son with special needs. Everybody knows I have one. And I think it's really important to be who you are, be human, and not to hide your personal life. And I think when you are honest about who you are, people embrace it and embrace you and understand you. I have had a lot of emergencies over the years. I've never pretended not to have them and I've never hidden from them. But at the same time, I've never compromised myself as a professional. I used to travel for WeWork all the time. There were many, many weeks that I got on a plane on Monday night and didn't come back till Thursday night. And that was the reality of our life in those days. We picked up and moved our family to New York for two years for an opportunity at WeWork. Um, And that was mommy's job. And I think it's important for kids to see that mommy works and uh, that's okay too. And so it's just been a part of who I am always. I've encouraged women to understand that it's not about work-life balance. It's about I always say this, sometimes I'm the greatest mom and sometimes I'm the greatest boss and sometimes I'm the worst at everything and I've learned to forgive myself in those moments and that's the advice I give to working women. You can't be great at everything and I don't know who decided we should be. That's very silly. And sometimes I go into the shower and cry and that's how I solve my problems and that's okay too and you shouldn't be ashamed of that. And I really exercise a lot and that's how I find balance because I take it out on the streets of LA or on my yoga mat. Um, and I, I think that um, it's really important to be okay with who you are. And in the world, somehow, I think today people have not found it acceptable to be honest about who you are, but you can be a CRO at a company and be a mom and that's fine. And I'm proud of it. What are the the consequences, uh, positive consequences of of being that authentic, of being that open, especially in an environment which until today, you know, it's in general, the, the world around us is not that forgiving for this type of authenticity. How, how does this come back at you? 
in whatever structure you're in, whether it's a company, a school, daily life, etc. First of all, I really appreciate that you were used the word authentic because that's the number one way I describe myself. So thank you for noticing it. Uh, that there have been quite a few at my kids' school. People used to say, "Oh, you're here." Do you even live here? I used to get that all the time. At work, I got passed over many, many times. I mean, I think it's well known that at one of the places I worked, women did not have the same opportunities as men. Uh, I've been underpaid as opposed to my male peers, which makes me really proud of the work we do at Compete, to be honest. I think that we uh, are doing something amazing. I sat in a a room many, many times while we interviewed for a uh, VP of sales role. And every time a female came up, they said, oh, does she have children? Will she be able to travel? And I sat there and thought to myself, I have four and I travel every week. So there have been consequences, but at the same time, there have been positives, right? I've had the chance to, I created the maternity leave policy for women in sales at WeWork. And it was amazing. And people have looked up to me and I've counseled so many women on what it is to be a working woman. And I've had women come over to me and say, wow, I want to be you when I grow up. And how do I aspire to be like you? And so I'm, I'm, I see both sides of the coin and I, now I get to work with Amit and who is more incredible than her. And it's the first time I've had a female boss uh, and worked with a female entrepreneur and it's incredible. I love it. This is this is so cool. Miriam, what does the chief revenue officer do? What what is what what is your responsibility now within this rocket ship that is compete? Uh today I'm building a sales and marketing organization. That means I'm building all the infrastructure for sales, everything from what are the metrics, uh commission plans, hiring all the salespeople, hiring a marketing team. I'm trying to figure out what our goals should be. I'm trying to figure out how we get from, you know, one round to the next round. That's just this week. Uh, I'm, I'm hiring. So if people are looking for jobs, they should listen to this podcast and hopefully apply. I have a lot of open roles, uh, leadership roles, IC roles. We have everything. And, and as you're, this is not the first time you're hiring, obviously. And you mentioned what would be something that you're looking for in a in an active listener for for a sales representative, but but and I, and I can see a theme here in this conversation that that the, you know there is the work part, where, and you have to be professional, and you have to set high standards and high goals. But but there is a much deeper meaning here for the people that you choose to work with and the people that you choose to work for. And it sounds like your transition to compete was also pretty intentional in that regard. What is the type of person that you're looking to work for? What what are what are, what does this person embody in their day to day? That, I, that I'm looking for on my team? Yeah. So number one, active listeners. I look for people who can relate to customers. And uh, I look for chameleons, meaning whoever the customer is, you can be relatable to them and relate to them. I look for people who are authentic. I don't, I'm not interested in mercenary salespeople for my team that has a place in the sales world, just not on my sales team. I look for people who 
are able to understand their weaknesses. This is a really big deal for me. I ask a question that's very uh, focused for this. Uh, Do you understand your strengths and weaknesses? And do you know how to play to your strengths and not to your weaknesses? And that's a very big deal for me. Um, You know, obviously, have you achieved quota in the past and all of that? But for me, it's much more about the other things that I mentioned. Miriam, this was such a, an energizing and uh, an amazing conversation. Thank you very, very much. Uh, I am reflecting back on, on my own authenticity and, and how big a part I want this to play in my life and, and the steps that I think I need to do definitely and so many people in the world need to do to first own up to who we are um, in and out of the workplace. And you give the example, I think, of you know, being a mother, but I think that all of us have our own things that we're carrying with us, where whatever it may be, that I may be hiding from people around me or maybe downplaying it or upplaying it. And and uh, and so I, this conversation is going to leave me thinking a lot and I think it resonates with anybody listening here. So thank you very, very much. I appreciate your time and your effort. Best of luck with Compete and my regards to Amit and best of luck in this amazing rocket ship and the journey. And thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you.